wins it off Hader in the bottom of the 10th inning. And you know where we're going. Pack your bags, folks. All aboard. Next stop, pound time. And here's the 1-0 pitch to Matt. Swung on, launched to left field deep. Matt going back, looking up. He will watch it fly. And a miraculous comeback by the A's in the ninth is capped by Matt Chapman's three-run home run. And the A's have won the game. You're now listening to The Seam Hits with Adam Copeland, Ted Ramey, and Rob Bermudez. Only on the Athletic Podcast Network. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back into the Seamheads podcast. Adam Copeland, Ted Ramey, and Rob Bermudez. Excited to welcome in a new guest. We've been doing a pretty good job, I think, of, of hitting all the different corners of baseball from broadcasters to scouts to now minor league broadcasting. Alex Jensen, he's the new voice of the Stockton Ports, and we're hoping we get to hear him this summer calling some Ports games uh, down in, uh, I guess, east of the Bay Area, if you're still calling it the Bay Area. And you may have seen him uh, out at St. Mary's on the Hill pitching a few years back. Alex, how are you, man? Welcome to the Seamheads. Hey, guys, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Uh, I've listened before. It's, uh, it's fun to be on with you. Yeah, man, it's it's good to have you. I think everybody's just trying to, trying to get their baseball jones on, get their fix going. You were in for, for a, a new endeavor this year, the start of, of your full-time Stockton Ports broadcasting career, and now it's been halted, man. It's already a memorable season for you. Yeah, one that we'll never forget, right? I mean, it was going to be unforgettable <laughs> yeah. for, me, uh, for me either way, but uh, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Uh, it's I mean, I'm still, I'm knocking on wood. I'm hoping there's a season, uh, like you said, where I get to uh, dive in a little bit. But uh, yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, I'm, I'm hopeful that we'll, we won't see anything like this again in our lifetimes when it comes to baseball. Um, I'm just curious, and I know you can only share so much, but what kind of conversations have you been having with the team, with other people? What have you been doing to kind of get news about the team out there? Because this, in terms of media, is relatively unprecedented. Everybody in sports is trying to figure out how to get more and more news or content out. And, you know, that's kind of hard when you don't have any games in, in any sport. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, it's unprecedented, uh, you know, in media. And also it's unprecedented in terms of running a team or a league. I mean, I think that everybody's kind of learning more and more day by day. And, you know, things change every single day. So as of right now, I mean, we, we started a podcast it's called the Fortside Pod. I've had Bobby Crosby, who's going to be our manager this season. He's come on. Uh, Melissa Locker uh, came on with me a couple weeks ago. Uh, you guys know her well, obviously. Uh, we've had other guests as well, trying to uh, you know dip a little bit more to the player pool as well. Uh, but you know what, man? In terms of you know things that you've heard officially, like you know about two weeks into April, it was official. They you know they had postponed at that point all the games in April. Now it's you know about a week ago, I think uh, the Cal League officially postponed all the games in May. So. You know, I think the best thing that, that and the way the ports have operated, at least to my knowledge, is, listen, we're, we're operating, on, you know, under the basis that there's going to be a season. We don't know when that's going to be yet, but we're doing everything we can right now to make sure we're ready, you know, if and when that day comes. Alex, you had a chance to uh, fill in for longtime ports play-by-play man, Zach Beirudi, and you actually got to witness some history uh, tell us about the perfect or the no hitter combined no hitter that the ports threw and you had a chance to call last season. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I mean, I, I you know I owe Zach a lot. We've become good friends in the in the WCC. You know, I'm me doing St. Mary's and him doing Pacific, so we, we've had a friendship over the years. And I was lucky that he had to fill in for those days. I felt kind of bad for him because you know, he's in Stockton for 14 years. He leaves for a week and a half, literally a week and a half, these Triple A games. And the Ports throw their first no hitter since 1991. You know, it's kind of 
Uh, we talk, we joke about it to this day, but yeah, it's kind of one of those things where, you know, you look down in the fourth inning and, you know, the opponent, I think it was the branch of Cucamonga Quakes. They didn't have a hit yet. And it just kind of kept going inning by inning by inning by inning. Um, you know, and, and by the ninth inning, there were, you know, there had obviously been three pitchers that, or I'm sorry, was it three or four? No, no, I think it was Bryce Conley. Yeah, it was three. Bryce Conley, Eric Mourinhas, and, and Jake Bray. Um, and, you know, by the seventh inning, I had come to see that, you know, the ports had gone, you know, all this time, 19 years, uh, or 29 years, pardon me, uh, since throwing their last no hitter. To call the games was, uh, was, you know, everything I could ask for. Like, Having have, getting the opportunity to do nine games in the middle of the season was was a lot of fun. Getting to witness history was was even you know was kind of was the cherry on top. And I remember right, it was like a midweek game. There were probably fifteen hundred people there. Um, you know, it's just it, it's kind of like the old adage in baseball, right? Any night you come out to the ballpark, anything can happen, and that's exactly what happened because uh, the ports were struggling at that time, if I remember right. The South Division. I mean, two teams kind of going in opposite directions at that point in the year. And, uh, and just like that, you got history in Stockton. Were you feeling any of those broadcaster jinxes, trying not to mention it? Were, were the nerves hitting? Like, I've always wondered for, for an announcer when you're going through and you're re- realizing, oh, this is a no-hitter, this is a perfect game, does it start to kind of weigh on you a little bit? Are you trying to be careful with how you phrase things so you're not jinxing it, or are you just acting like it's a normal game? For me, you know, this would have been a lot harder to do a couple years ago. So I was lucky enough to spend two years in the booth with uh, Ken Korak and Vince Catronio as, as a broadcast assistant uh, the last two seasons, also filling in for Chris Townsend during uh, doing, you know, pre and post game. And, and I talked to him. I remember Vince telling me, you know, listen, what, what I say on the radio has no bearing on what's going on. You know, I mean, when I thought about it, I mean, he's right. So. I think I shied away from saying the, the term no hitter. You know, I mean, you find other ways to say it, no hit through however many innings, because you got to tell the story, right? I mean, that's why you're calling the game. You, you know, you got to convey what's going on in the field. And if you don't make that known, uh, you know, then obviously uh, no one at home is going to know that, especially on the radio. Um, so, you know, I was, I was careful. I think I was careful about phrasing, but, you know, I definitely did say, like, listen, the Quakes are, are looking for their first hit. You know, no hits through eight innings, no hits through eight and one third. And then once the, I think once the final out, uh, once the final out was made, I was finally able to say the phrase uh, no hitter. But, you know, I mean, being able to spend two years in the in the A's radio booth with Ken and Vince, uh, you know, I, I mean, I just picked up on so many little things like that that, that made me a better broadcaster, I think. I think we'd love to hear that. We had Ken on a, a little while back, and, and you know, the romance of the baseball is something that I think you get from the broadcasters. When you're a kid, when you're, a, um, when you're impressionable, right, and you're a young man or a young woman and you're watching baseball, when you can hear stories told on the radio, I think you fall in love with the game a little bit differently. Do you, do you hold that near and dear to your heart? Is that something you try to do, or were these guys you grew up following and paying attention to for your tie to the game? Oh, without a doubt. I mean, I, I grew up listening to Bill King and, and Ken Korak. And, I mean, we were blessed here in the Bay Area, right? Not just with the A's, but obviously with the Giants, with John Miller and, uh, you know, Glenn Kuyper and Mike Kruko and now Dave Fleming. Um, and, there, you know, there are other Lon Simmons, of course. There are other names there. Uh, but as a kid born in 86, like, yeah, I mean, I, you know, and I've told Ken this before. I really look up to him because I think that, you know, at least the guys that I listen to on a day-in, day-out basis, I think he's one of the best at calling baseball on the radio. And, and just his ability to weave stories in and out and, you know, and call the action at the same time. Yeah, there's no doubt that uh, that you do. Lend. I, mean, I think, you know, just as a broadcaster, you guys know this, like, I mean, I'm sure you do the same thing. 
I think that listening to other people is invaluable and then listening to yourself. I think each broadcaster is, is kind of uh, a mishmash of people they've grown up listening to or they listen to on a daily basis because I think you pick things out, you know, certain things, you can try certain things that work for you and then you can listen back and, 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 and hear how it sounds. And when I was first getting into the business, you know, I, I had no idea that it was, it was such an art form like that. You know? And, uh, but yeah, growing up listening to those guys and then getting to spend a couple of years in the booth with Ken and Vince, particularly Ken, because I grew up listening to him. Uh, I mean, that was just, you know, it, it was a dream come true and something I always was looking forward to at least getting my foot in the door of this business. It's interesting that you bring up, you know, the ideas of influence and stuff and listening to your own stuff. Cause whenever I have a call, I kind of go to the school of Kevin Harlan. When I go and listen back to it, I just go, oh, I don't even know how I have a job. This is terrible. <laughs> you know, that, I'm, ser I'm serious. Like I listen back and I'm like, God, it sounded good in my head when I was making that call. And then I'll hear like, oh, this is absolute garbage. And other people text me and be like, oh, that sounded good, Ted. What do you think? It was a great call on that goal, whatever, blah, blah. I'm like, I'm like, no, I'm not buying it. Like, are, do you have a hard time listening to yourself? Because like, I try to go back and listen to my play-by-play, -play, but I'm always – I don't know why I'm like always disappointed. I'm like, eh, it's like that. It should be better. Are you are you harsh on yourself, or do you uh, react like a normal person? Oh yeah, I think I think we're all harsh on ourselves, right? I mean, I think that's how you get better, you know. Um, and I, you know, obviously, at least for me, like listening to myself, I'm going to nitpick and find little tiny things that I don't like about, you know, every single inning or every single you know minute if I'm doing basketball or whatever. You know, uh, no, I'm, I'm the exact same way. But again, I think that's how you get better. You know, if, if you're if you're satisfied, I mean, it, it took me a little while to learn this, too. But, but if you're if I, I feel like if you're satisfied, what's the point of doing it anymore? You know what I mean? If you feel like you're you're the very best you can be, if there's no um, and this is again, this is just for me. But if I feel like, you know, if, if you're at a point where you're like, I'm not sure I can get any better then you know, besides loving it, like, I mean. I think you should always strive to be better, right? I think, you know, going back and listening to yourself and kind of cringing at certain moments, that's kind of like the beauty of the of the grind that we go through in, in this business. So, yeah, I'm the, I'm the exact same one. If you're bored in the house, bored in the house, bored, why not spend some time on yourself? Our sponsor today, Manscaped, is here to make sure you're well-groomed above and below the belt. Manscaped promotes clean hygiene when it comes to shaving thanks to their Lawn Mower 3.0. Manscaped is the only men's brand dedicated to below-the-waist grooming. While you're probably looking for new things to do at home, why not make manscaping part of your routine? Manscaped is forever changing the grooming game with their Perfect Package 3.0. The Perfect Package 3.0 kit comes with a new and improved lawnmower 3.0, waterproof cordless body trimmer, and a ton of over-liquid formulations to round out your manscaping routine. Do yourself a favor and always use the right tools for the job. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code THEATHLETIC. And for a limited time, subscribers get not one, but two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag, a $39 value, and the patented high-performance anti-chafing Manscaped Boxer Briefs. So go to manscaped.com today and use code THEATHLETIC. Is there a particular call or a particular game that you remember that that was really like, oh man, this is this is why I love doing it. That was a great call. I did great kind of thing. Because as, as you talk about being really critical, it it does happen where even the most critical people will listen to something and say, oh man, I killed it right there. Is there a moment that you that you can remember oh, being man. like, oh, that call was was that was the shit right there. Well, 
I'll take you back to my first year doing uh, St. Mary's basketball. Matthew Delavadova was a senior. And, uh, and I, you know, I, I don't know what my call sounded like. So, but this is the moment that kind of like that I knew that this is what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. Um, it was a game up at BYU. You know, St. Mary's was played that season to that point, kind of on the bubble. Uh, and Matthew Delavadova hit a, a, a game winner, about a 40-footer, uh, at the buzzer. Uh, with the gale down by one to win the game. Um, and to, to go through that moment and that kind of emotion, especially spent, because when I stopped playing, I mean, that's the thing I miss most is being a part of a team, you know, and, and when you're traveling around with these guys, you get to know them. And it's not just like you're watching the game. You feel like you're a part of something, you know? So when, when that happened, that was really my first exposure to, to a moment like that, where, you know, 18,000 people went from, you know, blowing the roof off the Marriott Center in Provo to, I mean, you could hear a pin drop in that place after the, after the ball went through the hoop. Uh, so I don't remember my call on that. In fact, I think that was before the days that I was really recording myself, just kind of having fun with it. That's kind of when I knew that I wanted to do this. And I, I do remember one buzzer beater. Uh, this was, I think it was 2017. And uh, Joe Rahan, if you guys, if you guys call college hoops and you remember that name, you know, buzzer beater at Portland. I remember listening back to that and thinking that, I, yeah, I, that, that was the first call that I really felt like I was satisfied with, you know, and, and sure, I went back and like you said, like you said, that you'd go back and, and nitpick throughout the game, little moments. But that was the first like big moment where I felt like I, I, I did a good enough job to feel satisfied with it on that call. So those are two for you that were kind of earlier in my career. You got a you got a tough gig, man, because the the minor league broadcast job, like forget the 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 cities you got to go to, and and Cal League is is pretty good, yeah. I think, as far as the places you got to go and the teams you get to cover. But every year you may have an entirely different roster. You've got to deal with different rosters on yeah. other teams. It's not like calling a big league game where these guys have got you know seven, eight, nine years of background and they've been around the league for so long. Who's maybe a guy you were looking forward to this year covering on the ports? Was it Logan Davidson? I know he was a, a 29th uh, pick a couple of years back, and and a switch hitter and A's are high on him. Give us a guy that maybe you were excited about or looking forward to for this year. Yeah, Logan Davidson is, is definitely up there for me. Um, you know, just being a first round pick, everything I've heard about his makeup. You know, he just sounds like an extremely hard worker. Uh, but I'll give you another another guy that it sounds like may have repeated the Cal League was was Armenteros. and uh, you know, just his package of tools that I've heard about. I got to see him for nine games in Stockton. Obviously, he led all minor league baseball in strikeouts last year, but the tools are there. The A's gave him you know a full load of money. Uh, coming out of Cuba, uh, and I remember when they signed him. You know, I grew up an A's fan. I remember when they signed him. Uh, so I was really looking. I was looking forward. If he repeated Stockton, I was looking forward to watching him and, and seeing what kind of adjustments he would he made. You know, because everything, like I said, everything I heard it sounded like he maybe and Stockton. Um, you know, along with maybe a couple of other guys, but watching him, you know, make those adjustments. I think that's part of the beauty of a baseball season, right? You got 140 games in this case to to pull that however many we play this year, if there's any. But you, you get that, the course of the season and the grind of the season to go through those little adjustments and, you know, figure out what you're doing right, what you're doing wrong. And I was really looking forward to, to seeing if he repeated that level. Uh, Lazarito, you know, after doing it the year before, uh, have, a whole, have a whole season to kind of see if he can put those tools together. Because the tools, you know, like you guys, I'm sure know. I'm sure you know people like Melissa have talked about this on this podcast before. The tools are major league quality, uh, but putting it together 
it sounds like he's got a little ways to go there. So I was looking forward to seeing his journey this season. I'm curious if you had been able to get to know Bobby Crosby at all before things got shut down. Uh, after things got shut down, actually. Um, uh, Pat Pillipone, who's the, the president of the Ports, uh, you know, when we agreed to this podcast, he gave me Bobby's number and said, you know, he's calling on on, uh, on chatting. And uh, so I gave him a call and it was, uh, you know, just to see if he wanted to do the podcast and uh, the podcast with me. And uh, boy, we were on the phone for like 30, 35 minutes. Now, I mean, he is like, he is totally chill, down to earth. Like he, he's just a baseball guy. And when, you know, when I got to when I got to talk to him a little bit more, what really stood out to me was his passion for teaching the game and just being around the game. And we talked about his managerial style and you know how much he loved being in Midland for a little while last year. You know, yeah, he's I I I, tweet, I think I tweeted this after um, after the interview, but Ports and A's fans are going to love this guy. I mean, they are absolutely going to love him. His his love, his passion for the game, uh, you know, really shine through when you talk to him. He's just a good dude. Like I just want to go get a beer with the guy after after a game. You know, I just feel like he'd be a good guy to 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 be able to do that with. Like I said, he's so down to earth. You know, he's uh, and I, again, I just go back to his passion for the game. And you know, he was in the big league. He replaced Mikel Tejada for crying out loud. I mean, he knows how to deal with you know guys like me, uh, for example. But uh, no, I, I I think he's I think he's phenomenal. I think he's going to do a great job. Uh, you know, just whether it's managing this year in soccer and possibly moving up the ranks in the A system as a coach. We're really looking forward to hearing you this season. Hopefully games are being played. I got to ask, every announcer has like their patented home run call. Do you have one? If so, what's the story behind <laughs> it? And if not, how how are you planning on getting that, that distinct Alex Jensen home run call? You know, I don't at this point. Um, and speaking of this thing, I got to do a couple of games in spring training this year. And uh, I got to listen to my own run callback, and you know, I, I I just thought it was okay. I mean, I, you know, the action was, you know, calling the action was fine. I just, you know, I feel like there's there's more I can do in terms of. Uh, I remember Vince Catronio told me having a smile in my voice. So uh, I don't have a signature home run call yet, though. I, I I'm I'm not sure I'm going to have one, but kind of whatever comes to mind at that moment. You know, I never I I'm not sure. Uh, I, I've always felt just for me that if, if I went to a signature call, I just felt like I would feel kind of rehearsed, you know, and I just want to do whatever uh, comes to mind at that moment um, and uh, and roll that way. That's how I've been doing basketball for eight years. You know, I, I really only have probably about 50 games of baseball under my belt at this point between college and uh, and, and pro baseball. So I'll make sure I, I, I tell you guys this changes, but as it stands right now, uh, you know, I'll, I'll probably just do whatever I feel the most. I'm thinking maybe you go back to your pitching days and you think about maybe a home run you gave up on the hill and whatever you screamed in your head or up into the skies after that home run, maybe that's what you yell. Maybe you maybe it's a couple Fs, maybe it's some profane stuff, maybe it's a it's a blank me. I don't know, man. I, you get creative with it. You know, it's minor league ball. Well, I gave up plenty of those, so I have, I have a lot of practice. <laughs> Good deal, Alex. Uh, we appreciate having you on today, man. We really do hope that uh, that we get a baseball season out there for you. We'd love to hear you, and we'll be following you. We can follow you, by the way, uh, on Twitter, at AJensen86. And where can we find your uh, your podcast, man? Uh, you can find it whenever, wherever podcasts are available. It's on Apple, it's on Spotify. Uh, there's a, if, you know, if you don't have any of those, you're just going off, off your computer. You can go to anchor.fm. Uh, slash stockton dash port, but the, the podcast is called the Portside Pod. 
Uh, like I said, we've had Melissa Locker there. We've had Bobby Crosby. Uh, Rick Magnante was our was our uh, most recent guest. He was the uh, the manager of the Ports for uh, the last few years. Uh, I'm hoping to get a couple of uh, players on. Uh, again, very. We actually talked to Bryce Conley about the no hitter, which I thought was interesting. He started that game. Um, but yeah, it's, it's available wherever you find podcasts. It's called Sportsline Pod. Awesome. Great stuff. We'll keep following you and we'll be hoping for baseball. Alex, thanks again for the time today, man. Guys, appreciate it. Be well. Fun stuff talking to Alex Jensen, a Bay Area kid. Dude, I, f- I feel like that's. I know the A's are like the green collar baseball team, and I know they're the they're the uh, the small market team and the small fan base and the little brothers. It seems like a lot of times in Major League Baseball, the fan base though is genuine, dude. Ted, you know, like me and you and Rob too, growing up in the East Bay, dude. The fan base with guys like Jensen, you love guys staying around the team who grew up rooting for the team. And so when he's throwing stuff out, like dude, Bobby Crosby replaced Miguel Tejada, like he might have been there for that. You know what I mean? Which yeah. is a, is a cool moment. Yeah. No, I mean that's the thing you get with the A's and being that East Bay clan is like you get that memory you get these these guys that stick around and like that there's a reason that guys stick around these franchises I mean Bobby Crosby didn't play his entire career with the A's he went on to the Pirates he went on to the Diamondbacks um you know there's other places that he had stops where he was able to meet people and meet organizations but it seems like kind of like once you're in with the A's if you decide that that's where you want to where you want to stay, like they're going to create an opportunity for you and, or allow you to create an opportunity for yourself. And that's what it seems like he's done. And I, you know, I think back to him taking over for that shortstop position, his rookie of the, of the year award. He was incredible right off the bat. Um, you know, and he just seemed like a good dude always. And uh, you know, it's, it's so interesting watching these guys being of the age now where I have watched an entire playing career for a player. And now I'm watching their coaching career. Like it just it always trips me out that I'm old enough to be able to talk about stuff like that. Even though Bobby Crosby is older than me, I've still seen all of his, you know, his professional career. Yeah, and over the last couple of years too, the A's have done a really good job of hiring as either roving instructors. I know they had Kevin Kuzmanoff, Adam Rosales, Chris Smith was the pitching coach in Stockton last year. We mentioned Bobby Crosby, so it does seem like they do a really good job of hey, if you've been in our organization before and you you want to have a shot at coaching we got a place for you. And so it is really cool seeing connections. And I'm sure there's going to be plenty of A's fans that show up to Ports games saying, hey, Bobby Crosby, like, I remember watching you play in Oakland. Can I get your autograph? I'm super excited to see you. And, it, it you know, minor league baseball, it, there's something that's really special about it. It is really intimate. You don't feel like, oh, those are the pros that are they're too good to talk to me to give me an autograph or anything. And so I think that it fits really well with, with the way that the A's have, have done a good job of keeping a lot of their ex-players and, and having them be accessible. So I uh, really hope we do get a minor league baseball season because I am looking forward to hearing Alex Jensen and his not yet home run call, but but let's just see a couple home runs, what he's got, and, and then maybe we can give him a few pointers. Well, guys, uh, another another week down for the seam heads, potentially another week down for the quarantine and maybe inching closer and closer to what could be some real baseball this year, man. We're hearing potentially June 10th as the start of, of a spring training two revenge of the spring training. And then uh, maybe July 1st, we get to, we get some actual baseball. So we'll be back next week with you guys talking more A's baseball here on the seam heads. If you're enjoying the podcast, please rate review and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And if you'd like to get a free 90 day trial of the athletic go to theathletic.com slash seamheads for that free 90 day look and we'll talk to you guys next week